Bandwidth for this episode of Priority One is brought to you by Geek Nation Tours. Getting ready for the Big Vegas Convention? Visit GeekNationTours.com to beam into Vegas Trek style. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. Welcome to episode 90 of Priority One, recorded on Thursday, July 19th, 2012, and hosted on our brand new PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm James. I'm Adrian. I'm Mark. Who is not Elijah, and find out that uh, he's actually pretty easily replaced. <laughs> but back to the introductions, uh, Adrian, what do we got? Well, in this episode, Blank of the Week, we spotlight a very interesting pro-lifetime subscription letter from a listener of our show. We'll find out what happened this week in Trek and what captains can expect on the Star Trek online calendar. We have a super-duper shipment of Stowe news this week. We cover Season 6 DevBlog 12, Starbase Projects, the awesome Season 6 trailer, a DevBlog 13 and 14 hitting the new Tholian lockboxes, their ships and other prizes, DevBlog 15, the Next Generation 25th anniversary, and we get to finally announce the details about our big Priority One event, Hanging with the Devs, at the Las Vegas Star Trek convention. Lastly, before wrapping up, we'll review incoming transmissions from you, our listeners. But before we get on with the show, let's get through some housekeeping. What else do we have, Mark? Well, I hope everyone has updated their iTunes and their RSS feeds. Now that we've moved to our own site, you won't be getting the latest episodes, not unless you subscribe to feeds.feedburner.com forward slash check it out. Sorry, not check it out, check it out forward slash priority one. Also, to be sure to submit all your questions and comments through the new PriorityOnePodcast.com website. We're no longer using our old Quantum Cafe email and website for submissions, so be sure to send them instead to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com and use our handy submission forum on our new website, www.PriorityOnePodcast.com. Also, don't forget to get your tickets for the upcoming Star Trek convention in Vegas so that you can hang with us, be our posse, whoop, whoop, Priority One Podcast will be representing, and it's going to be a blast. We're going to have so much fun. The uh, Priority One uh, official fleet, uh, SSOG, Star Starfleet Special Operations Group, will also be representing there. We'll have several members. Uh, pretty much a lot of the uh, command staff will be there, so uh, come check it out. Come hang with us. Have some fun. We're going we're gonna to just go off it's gonna be great we're also uh, co-hosting the awesome hanging with the devs event so you can join us for that and meet some of the devs shake hands ask questions take pictures all of the above and guess what devs don't charge you 25 bucks for a photo at least uh they haven't yet <laughs> let's set it uh let's set a course for this episode's blank of the week they might charge you 60 dollars though they might charge yeah. you 60 bucks on screen on screen on screen i don't know it's the blank of the week for this episode's Blink of the Week, we're going to pull out a suggestion we received via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. 
In past episodes, most notably the 4,000 supplemental episode, we debated the value of monthly and lifetime subscriptions for Stowe now that it's free to play. Without question, the debate rages on and with no clear answer in sight. Basically, it depends on you know what you do with Stowe and how you personally play and pay that determines the value of either a monthly sub or a lifetime sub. Well, Priority One listener Captain Eklinar proposes a pro-lifetime sub argument in his letter and in his post on stowwiki.org. And he backs it up with cold, hard math. Yeah, Captain uh, Eklinar writes, Greetings. I love your podcast. I've been listening for about a year now, and it's very informative, and I love the rapport between the hosts. Thank you. We try hard. I've noticed you've been frequently saying that a lifetime subscription is not worth buying. Hmm, that must be uh, Elijah, the guy who's willing to pay $60 for anything. I am personally a lifetime subscriber, and I love it. I wouldn't go any other way. I have a conclusive argument that uh, this is not universally true. A lifetime subscription is worth buying if, if, is bold, if you are in... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> an altaholic. <laughs> there are a lot of quality of life improvements that come with being a subscriber, mainly in the form of respect tokens, extra inventory slots, bank slots, and boff slots. These are quite valuable, and if you were a silver member and purchasing them from for multiple characters, depending on how many characters you were doing this for, you might be better off as a lifetime subscriber. You can View my complete breakdown at this address, and there, that link will be in our show notes, by the way, so that you guys can read it. Um, it's also it's also on the Stowiki site over there under uh, user uh, Eklinar, so you guys can find it there. Also, if you, for whatever reason, can't find it on our page, but it should be there. Uh, this analysis assumes that you would actually use every single perk you gain from being a subscriber and would have wanted to buy them for multiple characters had you been a silver member. If you wouldn't have done so, then obviously it would require more characters or more time played for a lifetime subscription to break even, but there is definitely still a break-even point. This analysis also doesn't include the $200 sale and assumes that the price is $300. The break-even point is at $200 and is a, is a, good, uh, is a good bit lower also. So uh, overall... I agree with you. For most players, the lifetime subscription isn't worth buying, but there is a subset of players for whom it is, and that subset is the people who will level and actively play several characters after purchasing the lifetime sub. Peace and long life, Captain Eklinar. Um, I, I agree. I think uh, even for people who don't necessarily have multiple characters, I have three. That's it. I have one Klingon and two feds, and it's more than worth it. Uh, worth it to me. Um, just just for the stipend and, and like you said, all the bonuses for the slots, everything else. Um, I think it's totally worth it. Especially like you said, if you catch it on sale, um, that's the best time. I caught it on sale. Um, it's it's totally been worth it ever since. Just just out of the stipend alone, it's been worth it to me because I can either save those those stipend points and use them to buy starships that come out, or I can convert them into dilithium in game and make myself very dilithium rich like I am right now because of that. So uh, there's there's a lot of perks to it. I, I agree that uh, that you should buy one. But uh, he he continues on. Uh, Mark, why don't you grab that? Yeah, just to round it all up and to make it clear, we have suggested in the past that the $15 a month gold subscription is, in our estimation, not worth it for most players and playstyles we're familiar with. While the lifetime sub will probably hold value for people like us who do podcasts um, who intend to play STO until the servers turn off. Captain Eklinar, however, goes into much goes much farther than we have ever 
have and assembles not only a cogent argument for at least a portion of the STO base, but refines it and has posted it, as I've said, on STO Wiki for your consideration. So definitely check it out. Thank you, Captain Ekelar, for the tremendous amount of work you've put in and giving some fresh perspectives. Make sure you head over to that STO Wiki and check it out for yourself and always let us know what you think. So shall we see what's happening this week in Trek? Let's do it. And this week in Trek, in 1991, we had the first day of filming on Next Generation's Darmok, one of my favorite episodes, and we were just joking about that with the live stream people. Uh, great episode, so I threw that up. That was this week. Um, and then the rest of this week, kind of, uh, it's kind of a sad week, but we'll, we'll, we'll choose to take it as a celebration. We'll start with the celebrating point in 1967. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, our new villain for our next Star Trek movie, was born. That's a birth. That's a good thing. Let's celebrate Benedict Cumberbatch joining the Star Trek family. Uh, he's a phenomenal actor. I've seen him in several things, including the uh, the BBC Sherlock Holmes. He was great in uh, War Horse. He, he, I've seen him in many things. He's a great actor. I really look forward to seeing him in Star Trek. So uh, thanks for joining our family, Mr. Cumberbatch. Uh, then the last three, we're going to wrap up uh, kind of as a joint, we'll call it a celebration of their lives in 2005. We lost Mr. James Doohan, uh, but thank you so much for giving us everything you gave us with the character of Scotty. Uh, you were wonderful, and you are Miss Sir. In uh, 2003, Mr. Walter Matt Jeffries died, of course, uh, named for Jeffrey Tubes, uh, designer of the original TOS Enterprise. Uh, another great loss to our universe, but uh, we celebrate everything you've given us, sir. Godspeed. And in 2004, Jerry Goldsmith died, who of course did some of the amazing music uh, that has graced our Star Trek movies over the years. Uh, fantastic music. I love the music uh, of Star Trek. It's always been one of my favorite points about it. And so uh, if you get the chance, uh, everybody give a little uh, Godspeed to those those uh, fine fellows who we've lost this week in Trek, and uh, that wraps up this week in Trek. So why don't we move into something uh, a little bit cheerier and uh, check out some Stow news. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. In Stow news this week, we begin with Season 6, DevBlog 12. In it... Jesse Heinig, cryptic dev and game designer, talks about the first of the special projects available for the new Fleet Starbases. For those of you who are not aware, Fleet Starbase special projects allow players to unlock new features to give your Starbase more crew, more customization, and more recognizable features from Star Trek. These are limited time projects, however, so it's probably worth your time to prioritize them ahead of other things in your queue. Jesse describes the first of these this way. Our first special feature is the room with a view. Starbases are heavy facilities with armor and massive structural reinforcement, but the amazing materials of the 25th century, like transparent aluminum, make it possible to build a structure that can withstand the pressures of and even combat, while providing a scintillating view of the universe. Upon completing of the special project, your Starbase's interior blast shutters will be lowered. From the main floor, you'll be able to look out into the stars in all of their glory. All is full of stars. This special project will be available to start until around 10 a.m. PDT on July 26, 2012. So we've already gotten this done with SSOG, haven't we? We have, yes. Our star base is 
very open. As a matter of fact, we're now at a tier one starbase as well. It's uh, wrapping up right now. We've got our, our tier one skin. We've got our shipyard. We've got all kinds of stuff. We're doing very well as a fleet in uh, moving forward with the bases. I'm, I'm very happy with our, our group. Uh, KSOG, has anyone been over there? Uh... Yes, Mr. Madwolf, who's in the live uh, chat audience tonight. He's one of our fleet staff admirals. He's uh, leading the charge for our Mirror Klingon fleet. And, uh, and and things are going well as far as I know over there. Um, let's see what he has to say out there in the live cast. Where are we at on that, Mad Wolf? Working his aft off. <laughs> so I'm sure it's coming along nicely then. All right, Mark, why don't you take it away with this Season 6 trailer and tell us a little bit about that. Yep, if you would have noticed on the front page, there is a new trailer out for season six cryptics marketing department has released an awesome trailer for this new season the trailer is two minutes 15 seconds long and covers the fleet advancement system fully in content foundry updates and above all else it looks spectacular keeping in this video style that we've been used to since seeing the starfleet um, academy video which can be seen in the splash page of the stu website the video is full of epic shots and stirring action Particularly vivid was the time-lapse images of the actual progression of a fleet starbase and its attendant holdings. One word, and I'm going to owe Cryptic another 25 cents for this. Epic. Take a look for yourself. The link will be in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a really good little video. I watched it on my uh, Twitter account when it came out. I love Twitter. It's so easy to track the uh, releases. <laughs> And now for me, dum da dum dum, and no, I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about the Tholian lockbox. Yeah, I know we have not always had the greatest view of lockboxes on the show, but there have been times where we've given them praise. There have been other times where we've given them pause. Yeah, no, it all depends on what's going on. But I know this: Cryptic is trying really, really hard to take their moneymaker and make it something pleasing for us. Because they've got to make a living, folks. Otherwise, they're not going to be here to give us a great game. So they are working hard to get these tailored to the player so that it's something we really want to have something to do with, basically. In the uh, Stone News, we have Deadblocks 13 and 14. Both are about these new lockboxes. Uh, love them or hate them. They're not going to go away. So let's just crack one open and see what we've got inside. Deadblock 13 covers the concept of these new and seemingly more rewarding lockboxes. It appears that Cryptic has at least taken some of the criticism to heart on these offerings and loaded this with new uh, this new iteration, if you want to call it that, with all kinds of goodies. Um, Deadblock 13 sets up uh, a little bit more like this. Um, this galaxy is a dangerous place, and this is, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, this is, this galaxy is a dangerous place. There are a few regions where this fact is more evident than the outer boundaries of the Klingon Empire. The mysterious and xenophobic Tholians have decided to make their latest aggressive push to expand their own borders. The fighting in the Nukara system has been intense. Even though the outlook of continuing a ground war against an entrenched enemy is bleak. Victories have been won on both factions Fed and KDF, there, and there's still hope. Swarms of scavengers, brokers, and black market privateers have managed to make the most of this war by obtaining many pieces of priceless Tholian and Mir Universe technology and offering them up to the galaxy at large in return for their modest finder fees. Naturally, when when such a tempting series of business propositions presented themselves, the Lobby Crystal Consortium had to be the first on the block to try and squeeze a little Latinum in from the chaos. So, 
Let's talk about this a little bit more. The blog uh, author then goes on to talk about the way Lockbox is rec uh, represents uh, the kind of the culmination of their their growing Lockbox mechanism. Um, it's their tool again to make some money out of this game because they've got to make money to keep in business. Um, but they really want to really really want to enjoy a rewarding experience to the players and 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 make you feel like you're getting something worthwhile out of those boxes. So here's what they've done. Um, the Tholian Lockbox not only offers the sleek and stylish Tholian Orb Weaver uh, Starship, which is pretty darn cool looking, and it, it can weave, you know, do the Tholian Orb Weave and everything. It's, it's, it's pretty slick, I have to admit. Um, it, it's one of the rare grand prizes. But also, uh, if you're not fortunate enough to get one of those bad boys, there's still a chance of receiving an impressive Mirror Universe ship variant. There are three different variants. So they've got four different ships you can walk away with on this run. This is this is pretty good. And I know the odds are good because I already have two people in my fleet that were running around in Tholian ships today. And uh, my first officer who won over 20, over 20, okay, of the Ferengi uh, Dakara cruisers, he won over 20 of those. He's already won himself uh, a, a Tholian ship and two Mirror Universe ships, okay, in like 14 different boxes. So this guy's on a roll. So I know the odds are pretty good. So, so you might really want to try this. You probably have a decent shot. He bought 14 boxes, got three ships. Okay, this is decent odds. Deadlock 14's comprehensive list of new lockbox ship prizes um, contain the Tholian Orb Weaver, which has uh, a hull strength of 30,000, shield modifier of 1.4, a crew of 1,200. It has three weapons, four, and three weapons aft. It has three device slots. I'm not going to cover all the boss stations there's just too many get over and take a look at them um, but basically the special things on it is it has subsystem targeting sensor analysis plus 15 to auxiliary power and it has a console uh, for the tholian web generator it also has the thermotic torpedo launcher so check those out the tholian recluse carrier which is another ship um, has the hull strength 43500 it has a shield modifier of 1.3. It has a crew of 2,500. Uh, four device slots. It has three weapons forward and aft. It's the biggest ship in the game that uh, that we know of. Um, again, I'm not going to go over all the, the DOF stations. It has plus five to the engineering systems, plus five to auxiliary. Subsystem targeting. It has the uh, universal Tholian Tetrion grid. And again, the uh, thermotic torpedo launcher. The Tholian uh, Widow Fighter has a uh, hull modifier of 0.5, shield modifier of 1.3, crew of 3. This is a small ship. Two weapons, 4. Uh, one device slot. It has plus 5 to weapon power, plus 5 to engine power. Tetrion Beam Array that increases in effectiveness as you level. Thermotic Torpedo Launcher that increases in effectiveness as you level. And can equip cannons. The Mirror Universe Assault Cruiser. Now here's where things get weird. Remember, this is the mirror universe. Things are upside down, backwards, and the same, if that makes any sense at all. So the Assault Cruiser, which is normally very tactical, is set up like the Star Cruiser. And the Star Cruiser is set up tactical instead of more science-edged uh, like the Assault Cruiser. So when you think of these two ships, think of the stats in reverse for each other. The hull strength on the Assault Cruiser is 3,900, same as our regular one. Shield modifier of one crew of 1,000, four weapons forward, four weapons aft, four device slots. Uh, has uh, impulse modifier 0.15 and plus five power to all subsystems. Mirror Universe Star Cruiser. 
39,000 hull, shield modifier 1, crew of 800, 4, weapons, uh, four and 4 weapons aft, uh, impulse modifier 0.15 and plus 5, power systems to all subsystems. So, make sure and check the uh, boff slots out, that's where you're going to see those differences that I was talking about. And then we get over to our KDF side, which has the Mirror Universe Vorchaw Battle Cruiser. 36,000 hull strength, uh, shield modifier of 1, crew of 1,500, 4, Weapons forward, four weapons aft, three device slots, impulse modifier of 1.5, cloaking device, and plus 10 power to weapons and engines. Pretty cool. Above stats for all ships are subject to change, as always. The lockboxes also offer a chance to gain one of six unique warfare specialist duty officers, all of whom are Tholian species, willing, uh, willingly serving aboard Federation and KDF starships. I was lucky enough to have that first officer, like I said, who's won all these things. He happened to give me one of these uh, amazing DOFs, which is really cool to have a Tholian uh, DOF on my ship. Uh, each warfare specialist will improve a player's damage uh, bonus when fighting a specific enemy, either in space or on the ground. Minus for ground against Tholians. He increases my damage against them. Only one of these can be slotted at a time. Keeping them all in your roster may prove invaluable. Additionally, the Tholian lockbox is coming fully stocked with very rare quality, this is nice, very rare people, weaponry. This is the new phased Tetrion weaponry. It's available in all variants of both space and ground weaponry. Okay, these are phased Tetrion weapons. Okay, This combines the effects of both a phaser and a Tetrion beam energy types into a single lethal package. Thank the, uh, what was it, the wave disruptor, like uh, Cardassian. This is another one of those forward steps in mixing weapons and making them uh, very rare. So uh, this is definitely something to get your hands on, uh, boys and girls, so check it out. Uh, in addition to their basic bonuses, uh, the interesting thing is uh, to ensure all the all the players feel rewarded. Vice Admirals, Lieutenant Generals will have a chance at receiving Mark 12 weaponry when opening a Phase Tetrion weapon pack. Okay, so this is good stuff. Very rare Mark 12s. Okay, mixed weapons. They're they're going out, people here. Let's let's give them a chance. The only lock boxes will also contain a chance of getting your hands on some Gamma Quadrant duty officers. They were recently retired from our store. Uh, the standard duty officer mini pack will also be offered as a lower tier prize in the Tholian lockbox. Both of these packs contain four duty officers, one green or better, and three white or better. And lastly, there are changes in the Lobby Crystals and store. The author of the blog writes, Our intention with the Lobby Crystal store has always been to offer players a second chance at receiving a worthwhile prize from their lockbox purchases. Didn't get the ship you were after? Ah, so many of us have felt that pain. Well, at least you've got enough Lobby Crystals from your investment to get yourself a nice item or two from our nearby vendors. Rewarding players for their investment in the Lobby Crystal store obviously means offering better items. Examples are Tholian Crystalline Sword. I've seen one of these today. So cool. It was on a guy's back. Okay, The sword can absorb incoming energy and deal out extra damage. So think lightsaber. <laughs> kind of doesn't look like that but think that you know you can block incoming energy damage with it absorb it and deal out extra damage pretty darn cool okay it looks really sick uh, a new tholian silk scarf wearable by both factions a selection of arachnid variety pets gross 
eight spiders, a flyable Tholian Widow Fighter, and even a beastly Tholian Recluse Carrier that players will have the opportunity to fly into battle. We've also added several low-cost consumable items for as little as one, that's right, one Lobby Crystal apiece, and each can be purchased in bulk for your convenience. And it will allow players to the opportunity to more easily obtain worthwhile prizes from the Lobby Crystal store. We've doubled the low-tier Lobby Crystal prize. Every Tholian Chance box will contain a minimum, minimum people of four Lobby Crystals. We honestly feel that as though this lockbox's offerings will uh, be seen as the most rewarding to date, which it sounds like it to me allowing players to view the experience of receiving and opening one of these uh, with joy and excitement instead of uh, our last experience. <laughs> uh, this article also includes facts. Uh, if you have any other lingering questions about the new lockbox, this can be found on the Stow website uh, under the forums. Uh, make sure and uh, check all this stuff out. The value and potential playability of these ships and items uh, is pretty cool. I mean, really, they're they're trying really hard here, folks, to win our uh, our extra cash that we got to spend on these items, uh, and and make it just a much better experience than we've had in the past. So so get on over, try one out. If you got a little extra cash, open up a couple boxes. Uh, you're bound to find something pretty good in there. At least one or two things that that are gonna be worthwhile. Yeah, I think they're really starting to listen into the community and what they want. I've never really had a chance to talk about them much these lock boxes, but I think they're at least trying to make steps in the right direction. I kind of want to hold off saying anything about it until I get a hold in this myself. But in all previous lockbox experiences, I haven't kind of bothered. I've just seen it as a... To be honest, as much as I love Cryptic, it was a money grab. But this seems slightly better because they're trying to give you better rewards. Yeah, and I've just had... I mean, I have terrible gambling luck, which is why I don't gamble. Um, and, and that seems to have held over into the game for gambling for me. Um, well, I don't want to call it a gamble, but for this anyway, um, it's it, it hasn't held out for me. Every time I've tried, I've gotten just crud drops in the past and very few crystals that you can't really buy anything with. Um, so it, it's always been a downer for me. But then you have other people like my first officer who just wins the big prizes left and right like like some crazy madman who's who's got a hack in on the program or something. Um, you know, but they've, they've really put the odds up this time. Not You don't have a chance at one ship here. You've got a chance at tons of ships and, and some really cool prizes. So it really feels like they're trying hard here. So uh, I, I hope that people give them a chance. Um, you know, we, we, we owe it to them to make a living so that they can be here to keep making our, our Star Trek game for us. Moving on to hanging with the devs. Longtime listeners of the show may recall that a long time ago at a convention far, far away, Brandon, back when he was hosting for Priority One, and you got a chance to uh, to hear from him again last episode, which was awesome. He hosted the first Dine with the Devs event, and this was on a lovely evening after 2011 San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, it was a massive hit, and it inspired a repeat performance at last year's Star Trek uh, Las Vegas convention. And I got a chance to, to go to that, actually, and that was really, really nice. It was very cool at the time. I had barely started playing Stowe. I didn't know anything that they were talking about, uh, but I got a chance to learn about uh, how much the community loved the game and what they wanted to see improve in the game. Um, it was just, it was really cool. Um, there was a lot of people who couldn't make it, but uh, you'll get a chance this time. The That event was so crowded, numerous potential diners had to be turned away. Massively columnist, podcaster, community herald, Terry Lynn Schull, 
She conceived and executed a plan to not only relieve the congestion, but give Stowe and the Stowe developers their proper share of limelight at uh, this year's Star Trek Las Vegas convention. Uh, She posted an article on Massively.com, spilling the deal. And uh, she writes, There are just over two weeks left until Creation Entertainment's official Star Trek convention kicks off at the Rio Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Last year, fans of Star Trek Online were treated to an off-site event called Dining with the Devs, co-hosted by Massively, Trek Radio, and Priority One Podcast. But we've really ramped things up this time. This year, the Q&A session has evolved into a formal panel in conjunction with the convention event called Discussion with the Devs. The panel is scheduled for uh, 2 p.m. EDT, that's 11 a.m. EDT, on Saturday, August 11th, in the DeForest Kelly Theater. And we're also very happy to announce that Massively, along with Trek Radio and Priority One Podcast and Subspace Radio, are gathering the attending cryptic developers for a casual get-together we're calling Hanging with the Devs. If you're in the Las Vegas area and would like to spend a couple of hours talking with some of the developers behind Star Trek Online, you can join us at iBar in the Rio Hotel and Casino on Saturday, August 11th from 8 to 10 p.m. EDT, 5 to 7 p.m. PDT. Attendees of Hanging with the Devs event must be 21 years of age or older uh, and will be responsible for their own food and beverages. This is due to being the bar area. Attendees of the discussion with the Devs panel can be any age, but must have tickets to attend the official convention for that day. If you have any questions about either of the Star Trek Online events at the convention, feel free to contact Massively Stoke Guru Terry Lynn at Massively.com. Priority One is honored to be a part of this, and we can't wait to bring you the news from the panels and the after discussion event. We will be live tweeting. Uh, if you can't make it to the con, tell us what you want to see covered and what questions you want to ask. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or send us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Yeah, I can't wait to stand up in the audience and go, oh, this is James from Priority One Podcast. I'd like to ask you this question. Just over and over and over again. <laughs> It's going to be fun to to play with the devs that way because they, they're obviously going to know who I am, but I'm going to repeat it every time. <laughs> It'll be a kick. Yeah. yeah, I need to get my Kickstarter up and running so I can actually go. There you go. But last of the news this week, we have Season 6, Deadpool 15, and yet I say this through gritted teeth, another event I'm going to miss while I'm away, the TNG 25th Anniversary. STO lead character as Mark Higginson has posted Devlog 15, which not only covers his deep and abiding love for all things TNG, but what also he has done to celebrate it with the confines of STO. Matt brings us season one TNG costume bonanza. Annie writes, from now until 10pm Pacific on Tuesday the 24th to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Star Trek The Next Generation, we're running an in-game promotion where you can unlock free special costumes for all your characters. Saying nothing right now. Open your mission journal, default key J, to accept a mini-mission that will ask you to go speak with Worf in the holodeck of either Starfleet or Klingon Academy. Complete this mission and it unlocks the following rewards. For Federation male and female characters, the TNG Season 1 uniform. For Klingon and Federation male characters, to have their hair options, a Worf's short haircut and a warrior goatee from TNG Season 1. For Federation and Klingon male and female characters, Worf's TNG Season 1 style uniform sash. 
no, this is not an account-wide unlock. You'll need to speak Worf on each of the characters you would like to have these costume options on. We hope you enjoy this special promotion, and we'll see you in-game. Happy 25th anniversary, TNG. Happy anniversary, indeed. Make sure and get out there and get those uh, Blu-ray copies to people of Season 1 so that we can uh, give them enough sales that they feel compelled to give us, of course, all seven seasons on Blu-ray and then uh, hopefully following up with Deep Space Nine and Voyager. And we want to have Blu-ray for all our Star Trek, so uh, make sure and, and buy those copies, people. That wraps up this week's Stone News. Why don't we head over to some uh, feedback and check it out. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Our first bit of feedback comes from PriorityOnePodcast.com. This one's from the Grand Nagus, who says, Great episode, everyone. It was nice hearing from Mark again. Congrats on his job and enjoy your vacation. Surprise! You get to hear from him again. That's right. He's everywhere. Yay! I'm here because I was bought for $60. (laughs) (laughs) Penny. Worth every penny. And uh, we got our next one, Eklanir. He says, great episode, Captains. I have one point I disagree with, though. He has a disappoint. The no-win scenario difficulty is just right. Up until now, all the content in Stowe has been far, far too easy. I'm glad to finally see some genuinely challenging content in the game. The fact that nobody has beat it yet is a good thing. Figuring out how to beat this mission will be a very fun long-term goal. On top of that, you don't need to beat it to get enough rewards to make it worthwhile to run. Since you get fleet marks and other rewards at the end of each wave. Lots more content should be like no-win scenario. So, I don't know. It definitely got... I, I think it definitely got harder um, since it went live. Because it was a lot easier on Tribble. Um, and some STFs were a little too high. But, you know, I think things are going to shift over time. Um, there's, there's, it's one thing to say it's, it's, it's challenging. And there's another thing to say it's just ridiculous. Um, I agree. I agree that some stuff is too easy and that there needs to be things that are so hard that if you actually get a title out of it, that really, really says something. That being said, there are five different titles, okay? You, you start getting achievements at wave five, okay? Most groups I know, and these are top line groups, okay? I run with like STF Raiders and guys that are really elite, okay? And we can't get past wave five, okay? So when you have five titles, at least the first three of those five should be obtainable. You know what I mean? With with a good team, they should be obtainable. Now, when you're talking about the, the, the last two of the title, especially the last one of the title, okay, it should be darn near impossible to get it. Okay, especially the last one. Okay, that should be darn near impossible to get. That should take an extremely good group with exemplary tactics and a little bit of luck thrown in okay to, to get that last title but that being said again those those other first three and then the fourth i mean those need to be obtainable they need to be close right now that they're barely the first one is barely obtainable which is that's just ridiculous okay they gotta scale it to where each achievement level of the ones that actually give you an accolade uh, uh you know that's where they really start to stack and really get harder you know you should be able to at least get to the accolades i mean that's kind of just retarded when you can't even get to the accolades so that's my two bits uh we'll agree to disagree if, if you like it how it is um that's cool i mean some people just want impossibility but if you're gonna have impossibility then just make one achievement to get make it that hard but only give one thing i don't want to fight 
to get five different things that hard. That's just ridiculous. And what happens is you'll get people like me who go, it's not worth my time. There's other things I could be doing with my time. And we're just going to move on and no one's going to do it. It needs to be achievable. No matter how hard it is, it needs to be achievable. Now, that being said, let's go back to what we were doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I I hear your experience, and uh, and yeah, and and I, I've 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 been through that myself. It was definitely a lot harder now that it went live. Um, I haven't gotten the I don't think I've gotten the first accolade. If I did, I wasn't paying attention. Um, I kind of doubt it, considering I mean how how tough a lot of people are saying it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if there's a lot of people feeling that the first one is pretty much uh, it feels unreachable, I don't know. But I don't know what they're they're going for. Maybe that's what they're going for. Um, I'm not sure. But Eclanir seems to be having a good time, and uh, and and getting the right um, difficulty that he wants. So we'll see. I'd like to get some more feedback from people. I'd love to hear more about people's experiences with uh, all the fleet events. So throw them in, people. When I'm specifically interested in hearing from like top line players. I'm talking about like other STF Raiders, which I run with these people anyway, so I know what their opinion is. It's the same as mine, or at least a lot of them have been. It's not everybody, but a lot of them. But I really want to hear from other top line players, because if these are the best, and I mean the best people in the game, and they think it's too hard, that's probably saying something. Next one comes from Wolf. Says, sweet episode. It was awesome to hear Brandon and Mark again. Glad they're doing well and still kicking around in Stowe. That Prongles commercial by Subcommander Tave was cool. Those chips sounded so crunchy and crisp that all week I've been eating barbecued Pringles while saying, Leroy Jenkins. All nice. Anyway, awesome work. Keep it up, you guys. Are the best podcast in the biz. See you guys at base. Awesome. Thanks, Wolfie. We love it. Yeah, that was fun doing that commercial, my uh, my barbecue prongles. <laughs> yeah, they are awesome. I, I suggest you try it with a slice of uh, salami on top. If you don't, um, it could turn out badly for you, if you know what I'm saying. Do it. Do it. I'm, I mean it. Do it. Or I'll send my centurions. Uh, hey, moving on. <laughs> From Facebook, we have Brett K saying, Good show, everyone. I started listening after Mark left. I definitely enjoyed his Scottish accent. Keep up the great work. I <laughs> kind of thought I was there till the end anyway, but never mind. <laughs> Yay for Mark! And on to our emails. Our emails came in, and we got one from Sean Newboy. Oh my god! It's Mark and Brandon. Well met indeed. An awesome show, everyone. I'm enjoying season six. Looking forward to when all the new bugs are removed. But that's stow for you. Absolutely it is. But, you know, that's video games for you. Especially online video games. But, uh, yeah, season six is awesome. Sean Newboy, you're awesome. Thanks for always listening and sending in so much feedback. Um, you've been a great listener. Thank you so much. Moving on to Justin Lowmaster. Mr. Lowmaster says... I don't understand the need to state that no-win scenario is hard. Oh my gosh, people. Oh my gosh. It isn't called hug your tribbles and giggle scenario. (laughs) True that. True that. Okay, it is called no-win. Okay. I also think the biggest challenges should come just before you get to the first accolade, which seems to be the case. Do you want content you can win uh, in minutes or long-lasting challenges. Maybe if there was a $60 option to make it easier. <laughs> That's Elijah who pays $60, not me. I earn mine. Uh, well, you know, like I said, it, it. I know some of you really want it to be this impossible scenario, and I agree, the last wave should be. 
the last wave should be. But not when you have five accolades to gain. The first couple should be obtainable, and they should get increasingly harder as you go. But I've made my point on that. Moving on. As far as mining on Nakora, he re the reward is dilithium, so it's not essential that you uh, not essential to getting gear. Even if it does drop gear, it likely won't be uh, anything obtainable via mining. Uh, but I may guess wrong there. I also don't think it takes too long. If you get a score in the upper 700s, most of the time you can complete it fairly fast. If your score is lower, practice or play as a little break from shooting Tholians or ignore it. I don't think it's an essential mission. Agreed. And that's pretty much what I came up with after playing it a couple times. It's not really essential. And all it really does is kind of detract from me being able to shoot spiders, which I love shooting spiders. Um, I, for one, am glad the new missions present new challenges that require a new strategy that is different than the missions I've already played hundreds of times. Variety is the spice of life. Uh, sent from the palm of my hand. <laughs> uh, very cool. I agree, Mr. Uh, Lowmaster. Well said. Um, and, and I've spoken my piece on, on, on no in scenario. And like I said, uh, those those who love it the way it is, I, I'm happy for you. Those of us who don't, uh, you know, I'm not asking for it to be easy. I don't want something I can walk all over because then the title means nothing. I felt that way about some of the STF titles. I mean, you know, after a while, I was so proud to have my Medal of Honor, but well, then after a while, everyone's going to have one. It's not really going to mean anything. That's why I have my Legendary title, which I am proud of, because very few people actually have the Legendary title, which requires you killing 200 flagships. Um, but I know what you mean, and I know what you're saying. I just I think that only the top couple need to be that hard. I think the lower one should be obtainable. Again, like I said, from a good, tactically sound team. Moving on. Gornoth at Gornoth, says, Hi guys, love last week's show, and I am an avid listener of the show. I am loving Season 6, and it adds great content to the game with the prospect of adding so much more via the fleet projects in a way of cosmetics to the base. But, on the negative side, I would have liked to have been able to log out from my base and log back in there. Yeah, I've noticed that too. It's one of those things. I, I kind of talked to... Uh, one of the devs about that the other day and, and apparently it's i can't remember what they call it it's a disappearing zone basically so that the servers don't get bogged down it's not a constantly present place so if there's no one on your base your base literally vanishes um so if a tree falls on your base and no one's there to hear it it doesn't make a noise <laughs> um same thing with the sector space around your base so when you beam out it doesn't take you right to the sector space around your base it takes you back out to, to the larger sector space so that's kind of the deal, and it's a memory thing on Cryptic side. They can't have thousands of fleet starbases all constantly open. It would just overwhelm the servers that they got going. So I understand it is a little bit of a kind of eh thing, but it's a small thing, and I understand. So we'll leave it at that. Every fleet, I, I would also have liked it to be more personal. Every fleet basically has the same base. If you've seen one, then you've seen them all. Uh, that made the same mistake with the ship interiors. City of Heroes designed to a starbase would have been even better where you actually construct your own layout. Hard to believe that new software is so much less than, than old software. Go figure. Well, this is a brand new system on that, and that those are options that may eventually come. We'll have to wait and see. Um, well, I don't know. We'll have to just wait on that one, but I agree. I, I really wish we could have kind of done our own layouts but we'll see what comes uh, it's still very new let's, let's give them a chance to perfect it uh don't get me wrong it's all better that we have some kind of end game and i am loving it but it is not really quite the awe that we were told to expect so what now uniforms 
and it's so simple. You make a uniform for an engineer, tactical science, and maybe a couple of options to add to command and medical. Then our base and ship crew um, all were the same uniform. Surely it's not rocket science. Keep up the good work, keeping us all informed at Gornoth. Thank you, Mr. Gornoth. Um, like I said, I agree and, 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 and hope for uh, those things to come as well. Thank you for sending in your... Uh, your uh, views and opinions on it and uh, and the feedback we love it keep sending it in if you have anything else you want to add make sure and get it over to us but that wraps up feedback and we all know what that means it's time for us to say goodbye that's right well that wraps up episode 90 don't forget to join us on live stream every thursday evening around 5 p.m pst check us out on twitter via at stow priority one for show times we've been getting some amazing feedback and we play much better to a live audience you'll have fun Keep an eye open for Alex Calderwood's Priority One comics on our brand new website, www.priorityonepodcast.com and Facebook. While you eagerly await Arc 2 Adventures, be sure to catch up with the comics via our website. We are looking for your suggestions and ideas for Blank of the Week and Field Notes and general show improvements and additions. You can submit your ideas and questions with our online form on the new Priority One website. Once again, just in case you didn't hear it the last five times we spammed it, www.priorityonepodcast.com via email to incoming at priorityonepodcast.com or you can send it to us on Facebook and or Twitter. We are on Facebook indeed. Head over to www.facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast and say hi. To have your Foundry missions featured on the show, send in the name of your mission, a brief description, and your at handle to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com or use our online submission form at our new website, www.PriorityOnePodcast.com. We will personally test out your mission and review it on the air. And we'd like to thank everybody in the live cast for joining us today. Our executive producer, Elliot Tan, our production assistant and artist, Alex Calderwood, our audio engineer and host, the lovely and vivacious Adrienne Grady, and the composer of our awesome new theme music, Chris Watts. Thank you so much, sir. The music is tremendous. Special thanks to our sponsors, Geek Nation Tours, our syndication partners, Subspace Radio, Trek Radio, and the Hollow Suite Magazine. And of course, the Stowe community. Without you guys, none of this would be any fun or possible for that matter. Take care, and uh, we'll hear from you guys next time. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. She can't take any more. Engage. Watch the magic numbers grow. Just like a little plant. Are they growing? They're growing. Okay. Stand back. Stand back. This is going to happen. Okay. Ready? Together. 
Lion, ah, lemon, ooh. Lion, ah, lemon, ooh. Figuring out how to beat this mission will be a very fun long-term goal. On top of that, you don't need to beat it. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to. There. <laughs> I didn't mean to pause right there. Wonderful, wunderbar. He explained with great happiness. You know the secret. <laughs>